Hello everyone, this is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I am so glad that you could join me for today's episode. Get ready for a treat. Hello everyone and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode are you blessed are you doing well are you feeling victorious 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 are you feeling blessed and well are you feeling vic 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 victorious are you feeling victorious on today i hope and pray that you are doing well and i hope and pray that your week has been going well and started off well you guys i'm so excited i'm getting ready for my fashion show for my 33rd birthday it's gonna be awesome you guys um i will show you some sample pieces i can show you like some sample fabric that's gonna like be in there yeah some sample fabric for y'all okay it's gonna be called the butterfly collective uh known as the butterfly collective um so if you consider yourself to be a blooming butterfly, if you consider that this is your season, if you consider anything of the sort, then I encourage you to come and be a part of my fashion show. I encourage you to come and be a part of my fashion show. You can find tickets on Eventbrite, the Butterfly Collective. Um, you can type that in and it's going to be in Arkansas, you guys. And so um, if you live in Arkansas, um, then I hope and pray that you would choose to come and be a part. Come and be a part. Get you some attire to match the new season that you're entering into if you believe that you've entered into a new season. <laughs> and it just so happened to have my name on it, Lynn Stacy. It just so happened to be made by me. That's it. Um, you guys, I do hope and pray that you guys are um, really just staying encouraged and that you are um, kind of receiving what you need from the Victoria's Anointed Podcast. I haven't done the series in a while. Um, and you guys, I'm just... Um, I'm ready now. It's just about consistency. It's so important to remain consistent in whatever it is that God has put you over. Even though sometimes, you know what, life does get hard. It gets stressful. Sometimes I just feel like, you know, the weight of expectation is sitting on you and different things like that. Um, but one thing about it, I believe that consistency does pay off. And then when you run out of just feeling like, you know what, I don't know if I can remain consistent. You have to get some persistency, uh, get persistent with it, get that push in you um, to do. Because let me tell you guys something. I'm just kind of like, some stuff I probably would have just stopped if uh if I didn't have an encouragement. If I didn't have encouragement to keep on going and some stuff, you know what, there's encouragement inside of me to do. But sometimes there's some stuff in life that's kind of like I've been encouraged to do it. But then you hit this patch where you just kind of like, you know what, I need um, some encouragement. And sometimes you don't realize you need that encouragement until you receive it, <laughs> until after you receive it. And so um, it's a blessing to be able to encourage and it's a blessing to be able to be encouraged. And it's a blessing when God steps in and to show you that he's with you, you guys, he's with you. Um, so that's a blessing for me. I do hope and pray that you guys are having a an awesome and blessed week. Do you take the time to encourage those around you? Even if you are in need, you say, man, well, I'm in need of encouragement. Um, do you know that sometimes the, sometimes the best way to encourage yourself is by encouraging others, um, is by encouraging others. Um, and I know that may seem like far stretch, but I know it to be true for uh, for my life. I know it to be very true. Um, sometimes when I feel down and I maybe encourage someone else um, about something 
it kind of uplifted my spirit. If they uplift, especially if they uplifted them, if it uplifted them, that made me um, feel even more better. And sometimes you guys, you know, especially when you uh, are giving someone something that you know came from God, um, even sometimes you get to the point where it's just kind of like, I don't care if they receive it or if they don't receive it. I know that they're going to receive it because I, I know that it came from God, um, especially if you want to be able to um, to hear from God and be able to like really just know. And that's just in my life in general, you guys. Um, if I feel like, you know what, this is something that needs to be said. And when I look back over my life, sometimes I'm just kind of like I'm recognizing more of my gifts now than I did like early on in life. And I look back at my life sometimes and I'm just kind of like, wow, I was operating in that and didn't even realize it. Um, and now I understand why um, this person may have said this or this person may have said that. A friend told me one time, he said, you know, what? you're nice when you say things. But sometimes, you know, when you say things, it cuts. And I was like, you know, I'm just I'm just talking, you know. Um, but what I realized was that, you know what, because you're speaking the truth that they need right now. And even though you are unaware that they need it right now, um, God is aware and he's allowing you to speak. Um, and so um, that was like you got when I was like in that was like when I was in college and I was like and I look back at moments like that sometimes and it's kind of like, well, now I understand why I was cutting because it was God that was trying to reach you through me. <laughs> I may not have known exactly what you needed at that point in time, but God did. God did. God did. God knew what you needed. It's always good to have um, if you are kind of like a struggling Christian. Sometimes it's good to have Christians around you that are really. um really devoted to God. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're someone that says, you know what, now I'm out of mama now I'm out of my mama and daddy's house, vice versa, whichever one or both and that you're living with, um, then you feel like, you know what, I don't have to go to church anymore, especially if you were uh, made to go to church. Nowadays, I don't understand parents not really I don't understand not making kids go to church. You make them go to school when they don't want to go. Uh the uh Sunday school and church is the best school that they can be in because it prepares them beyond life. You never know what life is gonna occur, what's gonna occur in life. And so like um I would say that, you know what, you can take the things, the principles that they learn even at church and apply them to what you go through at school, um, to what you go through at school. I'm reminded of a testimony my sister gave when she was like in the fifth or sixth, fifth grade, I believe, and she was in orchestra. And so um, she said that I remember this testimony when I when I was in uh, this was she told me she said this. She was talking to my mom, uh, but she said she came home from school and she was like, you know what? She was she was nervous about doing her audition or something. She was nervous about um, doing her uh, with her viola. And she said that she said a scripture. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And at that time, she probably was like in the fifth or sixth grade when she was telling my mom that. But that's something that stuck with me. Um, that's something that stuck with me. Even my, um, we're like a year behind. I'm a year behind her. And so that's something that testimony, um, I share it sometimes because I'm like, you never know the impact that, you know, it could have on your child, even at school, to give them courage to be brave and to do and to do different things. There's this um, show that I sometimes watch you guys called Superbook. And I just like, um, sometimes I watch cartoons and different things to see how um, different things um, take place in a car and how people put things together. But even with Superbook, I just like learning about the scripture. Um, it's just a breakdown for kids to be able to, you know, better able to understand. And so sometimes I sit there and I watch those things and I watch how, you know, the the behind the message behind it is really teaching kids how to um, make the Bible applicable to their lives and what they're going through in school and just uh, what they go through on a day to day basis, not at school, just at home 
just in general in life. And I believe it's so important for um, the Bible to be made applicable, not only to adults, but also to children. I call them AITs. Um, that's what I call children. I call them AITs. And I call them AITs because they're adults in training. <laughs> they're adults in training. And so um, that's something that I call them. And they're going to need, um, they're going to need guys. So don't forsake even um, you know how like, you know, they used to get homework at from, you know, homework from school um, so they can take it home and be, get extra practice in and different things like that. Some schools don't do homework anymore. But I would say that, you know, even when your child goes to church, there is still a part that you have to play at home as well. Um, there is a part that you have to play in ensuring that they got the proper understanding from church, especially if you don't have a children's church. Uh, if you don't have a children's church and even then still checking just to make sure that uh, what they're learning in children's church is appropriate for the Bible. Um, and so uh, because you know what, you learn a lot from just listening to kids and you learn what's being put into them. Um, so uh, it's, it's very important um, that you know what's being placed, what's being put into your child because they're being, their minds are being molded by so many different things and so many um, different people and so many different influences. And it does not matter how much you try to shelter your child, they're going to be influenced by something. Um, so our um, job as, especially as believers in Christ Jesus, our job is to make sure that their minds are molded by the right thing. And then when bad things do occur in life, and sometimes when they do come under bad influences and different things, they have something good on the inside um, that they can rely on. And that, that good that's on the inside is Jesus. That good on the inside is Jesus. And so it's so important for us to really just um, really just um, allow our kids to know that, you know what, um, these Bible, what you learn in this Bible is true and it's real and that it can be applied to um, your life. And Jesus does respond to his word. And so uh, and I, I would say that, you know, that worked for um, when it was, when she when I was telling the testimony about my sister and how she said I can do all things through Christ that worked for her because she believed that it was true. And so uh, you have to believe that what you're speaking is true. Um, and so uh, I do believe that uh, when we see those kinds of things, sometimes, you know, uh, so when we see those kinds of things, it builds our faith. And then it also uh, building faith when a child builds a faith at an early age, it's a good thing. Um, it says, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. And it also tells parents to train up your child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they won't depart from it. Even though sometimes people do go astray and different things like that, that doesn't mean that it erases the word that's placed within them, especially if you've been one that has done the homework at home to um, to ensure that they um, are provided with, you know, the stories and different things like that. Um, at Christmas time, uh, do you know, do, do your children know the real meaning behind Christmas? Why are they actually celebrated? Um, do you talk about that thing? Do you talk about Easter? Or do you let them allow, do you allow them to develop a worldly mindset mindset um, concerning Easter and Christmas and different things like that? Um, do you allow them to, to take on the world's definition of what it means to celebrate? Or do you also teach them about why we celebrate? Do you teach them about Jesus the Christ and his resurrection? Do you teach them about, you know, him being born? Do you teach them those things? Because, um, you know, every church don't have children's church. There are still small churches around. And even more so now than ever, it's so important that uh, we raise our children up um, in godliness and holiness and in knowing the word of God. Um, and so uh, if you if you uh, don't have an interest in the word of God, um, 
then your children, uh, I guess I can see why maybe you, your children wouldn't have an interest in it. And I can tell you right now, the word of God is God. It says in the beginning was the word. This is in the book of John. This is the New Testament in about the fourth or third book of the New Testament. It says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God um, and the word was made manifest and dwelt among us. And so God is his word. And so when we, when we choose to spend time with God, um, then we're when we choose to spend time in the word of God, we're choosing to spend time with God. I'm not saying that's the only way that you can spend time with God. There's prayer, um, there's fasting, there's seeking the word, there's seeking God. And um, so, but um, the word of God is one of those ways. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. Here's another scripture. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. And so when we take that word um, within us, then we can meditate on it. Um, it's so important for us to have the word because the word is how we know how to fight the enemy. If you ain't got no word in you, how are you going to be um, fighting the devil? How do you know what Jesus defeated the devil with if you ain't got no word in you? I'm not saying you got to learn the whole Bible, but at least one scripture, at least know what it says. Even if you can't quote it verbatim, you can at least paraphrase it um, to be able to know, you know what? I may not know exactly that the scripture that says in King James, men shall not live by bread alone, but about every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. But I can definitely say, you know what? I, I My life has to be more than just based on um, living by natural food. I also have to be able to get my spiritual food and that means that you have to show up you have to show up you have to show up and be able to receive your feeding because faith comes by hearing i'm going to keep on quoting the scripture faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god um hearing by the word of god you have to go and get fed what is god trying to speak to you through um his through one of his mouthpieces what does god speak to you in your private time that needs to be confirmed when you get ready to go to church on sunday don't forsake you know the discipline of going to church don't forsake that because you know the body needs the body i will put it that way the body of christ needs the body of Christ. Um, so what is that? What exactly does it mean? The church needs the church. Uh, what is it that exactly that mean? If I am a Christian and I consider myself to be a part of the body of Christ and I consider myself to be part of the church, I need the church and others who consider themselves to be the same and vice versa. And so uh, it's so important for us to recognize that Recognize that as a body of believers, we're we're so much better uh, unified than we are divided. You know, that's Satan's um, grand scheme of things. He wants to divide the church, divide the church, but there would be no divisions in God. There would be no divisions in God. Um, and so if you find yourself um, being divided, you have to figure out, am I the one that's causing the division? So I'm outside of the body of the or the will of God, or is the other person the one causing the division? And right now they're outside of the, they're not walking in the spirit or they're outside of the body. And so when we recognize that we are the ones and it's not the other person or recognize that it's the other person, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of you, the word tells us sometimes we have to agree quickly with our adversary, agree with uh, or something like that, or agree with our adversary quickly or something like that. But um, sometimes, you know what, when you recognize that you are outside of the body of Christ, you are you are the one that's in the wrong. You are the one um, that's not that not walking and that you are the one that's outside of the, the spirit of God. And so you're walking in your flesh or you're being uh, or you're being, I would say, influenced by uh, uh, when you're being influenced by a messenger of hell. Um, then uh, um, then it's so important for you to be able to, you know, what ask for forgiveness, apologize, do whatever is necessary. To recognize your wrong, you have to acknowledge your wrong. Um, and then you have to be able to, you know, what say I'm gonna keep praying and allow God to lead and guide me. And so it's so important for us to walk in the spirit. And I'm not saying that sometimes you can't be off when you're walking in the spirit. <laughs> I'm not saying that because now we can say that too, because 
one of the ways that um one of the ways that you know that you walk in the spirit is because when you are wrong sometimes um it'll be readily shown to you hey i'm wrong and so <laughs> so it's like uh, i would say get into a mind frame over your heart even when your mouth is speaking sometimes your heart has to constantly be trying to discern god sometimes your mind has to constantly be trying to discern god even when your mouth is speaking sometimes it's just kind of like you have to be praying in your heart and in your mind and be like you know what lord god let come out of my mouth what you need to come out of my mouth because right now i feel like i'm talking in the flesh and so it's kind of like while i'm talking in the flesh lord god let my let my spirit be right let my spirit be right and so um, it's just so important for us to just be able to just be connected to God, be connected to God. And if that's important for you, then one of the ways that he tells us to do that is by abiding his word. Um, if you abide in my word and my word abides in you, um, then are you then I'll abide in you, something like that. It's about abiding. It's about abiding his word. When his word abides in you and you abide in his word, he abides in you and you abide in him. And also when it comes to love, he talks about when you abiding in love, when you're in love, when I mean when you're living in it, when you're walking in it um then also too as well then that's how you also know that you are part of um, christ and then and then he also says if you love me you keep my commandments um what commandments of god do you try to keep and i ain't talking about just the ten commandments y'all we have more commandments than just the ten commandments let me give you one that you probably didn't know was a commandment uh-huh praise ye the lord <laughs> Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. It didn't ask you to praise the Lord. It told you to praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. <laughs> it didn't say, if you feel like praising the Lord, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So that means that if you have breath in your body, it's okay for you to praise God. It's okay for you to bless God. Let everything that has breath. If the trees can doggone sway and praise God just for in the rhythm of their movement, if the birds can chirp and act as they're supposed to in praising God, then a human being can definitely praise God if they have, especially if they have a church background, even if they may not be in the church. Um, you, you're not the dictator over praise. What's wrong with God being praised? What's wrong with a person praising God? Now, worship, when you get into worship, that becomes a word that becomes a lifestyle choice. <laughs> That becomes a lifestyle choice. Sometimes, you know what? Um, you can't get it confused between praise and worship. Uh, everything that has breath, praise the Lord, but worship is a lifestyle. Worship is that thing that says, you know what? Um, I choose to follow God and no matter where I'm at, whether I'm singing, whether I'm not singing, whether I am walking in my house, I choose to live a righteous lifestyle. Do you know righteous living is a form of worship? Do you know that praying is a form of worship? Do you know those different things in life? Those when you decide I'm going to keep the commandments of God, because uh, the word tells us men ought always pray and not faint. Men ought always pray and not faint. And Jesus prayed. You guys, you know, that's 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 like a requirement for the Christian to pray. Uh, and uh, so I'm just kind of like, I'm just walking down this list with you of just different things. Don't leave it up to you. Say, well, I have an intercessor. So, <laughs> so uh, it's good that somebody is interceding on your behalf. Are you who's interceding on their behalf while they're interceding on your behalf? You may say, well, they got it covered. They know how to pray. Uh, no, baby. If you if they intercede on your behalf, then you need to intercede on their behalf too. And you also need to be able to pray for yourself. They don't know everything that's going on in your life. You do. You don't, They don't know everything that's going on in your heart. You do. They don't know everything that's going on in your mind. You do. It's good when somebody else intercedes for you and God responds to the prayer. That's awesome. But it's so much, it's such a beautiful thing when you begin to pray and you begin to develop a relationship with God and you begin to see your prayers answer. It develops a trust with God. God. And in order to have faith, you're going to have to have trust in the one that you have faith in. And so it's so important for us to be able to develop that relationship with God. Let me tell you something. It's so important for us to trust God. Do you not know 
that that is a discipline that the Christian that the Christian needs. There are so many false doctrines, so many different words, uh, so many people being drawn away with vain doctrines and philosophies and different things like that. Because the the itching of the ear, meaning that I'm desiring what I want to hear and it feels good to my ears, but it ain't good for your soul. And so sometimes you have to be able to, you know, develop this relationship. And it really starts at an early age. I'm not saying that you can't pay many Plenty of people have gotten saved when they were adults. I'm not saying that, but it's such a blessing. It says, um, you know, um, I'm trying to remember the one scripture where it says about, uh, I know it says, remember now that creator in the days of the youth, but it talks about in one of the scriptures where it talks about, you know what, serving the Lord in your youth, uh, serving the Lord in your youth. And uh, it, it, it's better when you serve the Lord in your youth, because, you know, you give yourself more time to walk with God and to learn them and different things like that. And so, uh, if you're, uh, some people, you know, when they turn 60, they have the spiritual maturity of a five-year-old when, and a five-year-old isn't walking with God, if they've been walking with God at the, at the same length of time, but their spiritual maturity. And we feel like, you know what they need to be, they 60 years old, they need to be in a certain area. No, baby, they just got saved. They have the spiritual maturity of a five-year-old. And so it's like you're teaching a five-year-old, even though they're 60. Um, it's like, and they have, I'm not saying they're not mature in life, but when it comes to spiritual things, they have, you have to teach them like you're teaching a five-year-old. You guys, I don't see anything wrong if you're 60 years old watching a, a cartoon that teaches you about the word of God, because basically that's where you are spiritually. <laughs> if you're in your 30s and you have to start with learning the word of God by looking at a series called known as I like Superbook, but there's also other series too that I like too. And so, and then go back and fact checking yourself with someone who is more trained in the word than you are, a pastor, a minister, uh, a Sunday school teacher or something like that. Somebody that's well-versed in the word um, and someone that you can kind of uh, rely on. And I will say, make sure that they're well-versed in the word. Um, sometimes, you know what, um, different leaderships at church, like your pastor, your, the assistant pastors, associate pastors, and different things like that. Sometimes it's just a matter of they have the email, emailing them and be like, you know what, I really want to learn more about the word of God. And some of, some of those places have different devotionals uh, uh, that you can log on to and be able to learn more about the word of God. You know, as sincere babes, as as babes desire the sincere milk, um, um, that's how we have to desire the word so that we can grow. You guys see how I'm trying to uh, put the, I don't know that uh, I'm trying to remember the quote for that scripture, but I remember exactly what it means. Uh, so that's sometimes that's what you have to be able to do to re rely on the word. Um, you guys, that's what the, the truth is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the father except through him. I don't care how many different routes you try to, try to take. You ain't getting to heaven without Jesus. Um, he is the way. <laughs> he is the only way. And so you ain't getting, you can take whatever you can. Yeah, sure. Man can go on whatever path they want to go on. That's up to man to choose to decide to choose but ain't nobody else in this life can say that they are the way the truth and the life um and if they do try to step into that um that thing you know what jesus is so adamant about man making it he will prove that person to be a lie uh you know um it tells us not to believe uh not to believe uh people who come and say that they are they are the returning messiah no when the returning messiah comes he comes riding on the cloud everybody gonna behold his glory and so it's kind of like if you ain't seen that baby then that person that's claiming to be the messiah ain't the messiah um the messiah has come um and he is um he has um he will he died and he rose again and ascended into heaven and he's coming back for ready and prepared people ready and prepared bride and so you don't know how old your child is going to be when the Lord returns. They could be five-year-olds. What word do they have in them? What word are you? Is your five-year, is your two-year-old 
And does your two-year-old, is your two-year-old ready for the coming of the Lord? Is your three-year-old ready for the coming of the Lord? If the Lord cracked this guy today, is your five-year-old, because some people don't believe that, oh, well, they didn't, no, they, they say the age of two. And really, I think it's before now because kids are so advanced nowadays. So I believe it's even before the age of two nowadays. Uh, do they have a sense enough of right and wrong? And do they choose more right than wrong? I'm not saying they have to know the whole Bible and different things like that. But are you training them up? Because sometimes I, I don't know if it's going to be based on the parent's lifestyle, whether or not the child is going to be covered. I don't know how that's going to work, but God does. And so is your lifestyle covered enough in Jesus to where your child's lifestyle is covered enough until they can get to a point where they can choose God for themselves? And sometimes at an early age, kids, sometimes kids choose God early five-year-olds three-year-olds just depends on how how rich the spirit of god is really in the ones that's trying to train them up how rich is the spirit of god in your church uh, uh and what are you doing if it's not as rich as you would like to do how are you being part of the solution and not the problem because let me tell you how you're being part of the problem if you are being a part of the problem complaining about it and they offer no support or help to nobody in the church you ain't even part of no auxiliary or nothing the only thing that comes out of your mouth is complaining that's what the children of israel did do you not know that they stayed in bondage um do you wonder sometimes you got to wonder why am i still in bondage because you've been complaining take it the the old testament i'm telling you guys it has i know that we're under the new dispensation and all that type of stuff but we can learn a lot from just reading that in the new testament as well and so uh, we can learn we can see where people praise god and it was more for their good than it was for their detriment when they acted on what god said it was more for their good than for their detriment and so sometimes in life sometimes in life we have to really choose and decide am i making the right choice today for me and for my child because i can tell you right now just because you leaving behind a financial inheritance so if you ain't leaving behind god with that thing who's to say they gonna have wisdom in order to keep that financial inheritance you would have been working hard your whole life just to see it squandered by your child it's so good see when you incorporate godly principles into a worldly means of gain then you have more of a chance, likelihood of success. Now, do Christian children sometimes go? Yeah, they do. But the thing about it is you have more of a likelihood for greater success than if you don't incorporate it. You may say, well, there, there are families that don't have, believe in God and this and that and the other. How do you know that they're not on a decline and you just haven't, you just haven't witnessed it yet? You don't know. It could have been a generation of just a decline. And it could have been somebody that was 10 years, that was 10 generations previously before that prayed for the generation. And God promised them that he's going to give them this X amount of years in order to prosper. You don't know. <laughs> he could, I'm going to give them 10, even though the, the, the next eight generations acted a fool. And then that was called them to start plummeting down. And you don't know if they doubt downfall is sure and commonly or not. You don't know when it's going to be sure to come. See, this is how life works. This is how life works. Abraham was the father of many nations. His children were promised great possessions. But you know what God told him before that? They're going to go into bondage for 400 years before he, did, he delivered them out of that bondage. And they're going to come out with great possessions then. <laughs> to anybody else that didn't know that promise that God had given Abraham, it would look like the children of Israel were defeated. It would look like, oh, they done for. Um, they they just gonna be a generation of this um, slave slave people. That wasn't the case because it was already spoken. Blessing was already spoken on them. 
Um, and then I'm thinking about what I keep thinking about is King David. King David um, set up, uh, uh, King David and those, some of the other ones, they set up a, uh, I would say a financial plan for King Solomon, who was David's successor, to be able to build the temple. And what God, and God gave Solomon riches greater than any other king. He was, and do you not know that if I think it was a generation or a generation, it was either one generation or two generations after Solomon that all of that was squandered because of Solomon's sin. And it's probably still like they were on the rise and those were God's people. <laughs> so what I'm telling you is it's so much better to just do it with God because when stuff, when possession is squandered, when it is gone, when it does dry up, at least you know that you have a hope in heaven. At least they have something to lean on. Do you not know some people blow their brains out simply because they don't have earthly possession? They hang themselves. They just kill. They that that spirit of suicide is real, y'all. And sometimes you don't you. Sometimes you have to set your children up for more than just financial success. You have to set them up for spiritual success as well. Um, and so, uh, uh, sometimes you know what? It's there in the loneliness of nights, the coldest of nights. When they find themselves in a desperate place with money or without money, with blessings or without blessings, it don't matter. You can still find yourself in an emotional state. And do you not know that uh, when there has been God planted deep within them, especially as a child, that that's in that moment that they can begin to call on him? And even if you didn't get it as a child, maybe God sent somebody in your high school to give it to you. Maybe God sent someone in your college program to give it to you. It's a blessing whenever you can be able to plant a seed. The word tells us one man sows, another man waters, but God gives the increase. Sometimes you have to pray over the seeds that you have planted and pray over the water that you have given for the seeds that were planted before you got to a person and that God will give the increase in their life and give the increase of understanding. Because sometimes we try to force understanding on people and we we argue with them, we do whatever, but sometimes that, that ain't it. God said he'll give the increase. You And if he provided you with understanding to be able to give to them, that's him giving increase to them through you. And sometimes uh, you have to wait on God. Sometimes you have to wait on God. And sometimes you have to, God is waiting for them to seek him. You, this is why you have to be so in tune with God. You can't just do whatever you want to do uh, and, and expect God to bless just simply because you feel like you're doing it in his name. No, just because you're doing it in his name don't mean he's supporting back that. <laughs> it's part of prayer. It's a prayerful. You got to have a prayerful lifestyle. You got to be able to discern God. You got to be in tune with God. There was something God will still bless sometimes too, even when you're not doing exactly what he wanted you to do. But he wants us to be a witness. So I'm not saying erase that. When you get a chance to be out, getting outreach, do outreach, okay? I'm not saying that. That's that's in the word of God. <laughs> you don't have to pray about that because God tells us to. But what you can pray is, Lord God, help me to be an effective witness. Help me to be a better at outreach. How do you need me to outreach to people? Give me a heart to be able to do that things. If that's in your heart to do, he tells us to be a witness. Yeah, he sent them out two by two and told them, he sent them out, uh, his disciples out, and he told them, don't take no money in their money sacks. Now, it would, with, with us, they would be like, what? I need some money in my money sack just in case I get hungry along the road or something like that. You know, I need some money in my money sack because I need to stop and get some gas. He told them specific instructions. Go two by two and don't take no money in your money sack. Yeah. <laughs> 
So sometimes God has some specific instructions and sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he just enjoys watching you do what he's commanded you to do. And sometimes at other times, specific times, he'll give you specific instructions. That's why it's important to remain prayerful. Sometimes it's just God is in my heart and it just spills out of me. Out of the abundance of the heart, it spe the mouth speaks. And then sometimes it's just God gives you specific instructions. It's not all the time he gives you specific instructions. Sometimes he just needs you to walk in faith and do because you already know to do what to do and what not to do. And so um, it's just so important for us to maintain a prayerful lifestyle and recognize that we're leaving behind the legacy of Christ to the next generation. When we talk about God, when we choose to, you know, do whatever it takes, we're providing the next generation with what they need. So I hope and pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. And I do hope and pray that um, you will go forward and be blessed. I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace and your patience, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for putting seeds in our hands to be able to plant them in the hearts, Lord God, of those that desire you. Thank you, Father God, for putting the water in our hands, Father God, so that we can water seeds that have already been planted, Lord God. And thank you, Father God, for providing the increase, Father God. We stand in faith for those, Lord God, who have seeds and water, who have been had it been seated and who have been watered father god we stand in faith for them lord god that you would increase their lives father god and whatever area they need to be increased in whether it's financially whether it's physically whether it's uh, uh by in faith father god whether it's spiritually lord god emotionally father god thank you father god for everything that you have done thank you for providing us with a victory thank you father god for the next generation lord god that you are raising up father god to be uh, witnesses for you father god thank you for the generation lord god that is now Father God, and thank you for the previous generation, God, of those, Lord God, who have left behind the legacy of Christ, Father God. And Father God, what we have fallen short in each generation, I pray, Father God, that you would give the next generation the plan, Father God, to do what is pleasing in your sight. You are the great Father, and there is none like you in all the earth. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I pray that you will be increased and that you will go forward and be blessed. Hello, I'm Lynn Stacy. I encourage you to become part of the movement the movement of Making Jesus Bigger. You can find out more about the Making Jesus Bigger movement by following me on social media at Lynn Stacy Studios on Instagram and Facebook. You can purchase the t-shirt Making Jesus Bigger because we have been given victory in Jesus Christ on the website www.lynnstacystudios.wixsite.com backslash media. By becoming part of the Making Jesus Bigger movement, we are choosing to be lights in the world. Be blessed in Jesus' name. And remember to always go forward and be blessed.